Hi, I'm Emma. And I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of, as the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week, it is my turn, and we're going to be talking about the movie Patch Adams. But before that... But before we get into that, I'm going to steal the spotlight for a minute and talk about... Oh, I had a short list of things I wanted to talk about, and then I was like, Emma, you can't list all of those things. I'm going to talk about Black Sails, which I just finished watching, and which you mm-hmm. should never watch, because it okay. is truly the grossest thing I've ever seen on television <laughs> ever. It happens in this program. Yeah. Um, and that beats out, like, whatever this torture season of Scandal was, which I thought nothing could ever top in terms of things that made me want to hurl. Um, oh, no. But Black Sails, extreme violence and keel hauling aside, is an incredible show. Um it's a prequel to Treasure Island, if you haven't heard of it. It ended a couple of years ago. Uh, I want to say it ended in 2016, 2017, around theirs. Um, and it is about Captain Flint from Treasure Island fame. Uh, mm-hmm. He is not present in Treasure Island, but they are looking for Captain Flint's treasure, and this is a series about how he gets that treasure and why he hides it. Um, and it's, gross. it's so good. It's uh, there's like it's it's got a lot of fight scenes because they're pirates, and then it's got one particular scene in season four where a major character is brutally killed. Um, oh, and it's really nasty, and it's a oh, really no. long scene um, to the point where like I had been warned about it, and was, so it started to happen, and I was like, I've got a pretty tough stomach. Nope, I'm gonna fast forward, and I kept fast forwarding, and it just kept happening. It's like a it's a it's a long scene. Okay, this oh. is not what I should be highlighting. This is not what I should be spotlighting. Black sales. It's great it's gay it's romantic um it's got exceptionally good character development um what i really like about it is a lot of the characters you are mad at a lot of the time they're making decisions that you don't think are good decisions they're making Mm. decisions that are not the thing they should be doing that you want them to do Mm -hmm. but it always always makes sense Oh. You can always understand why they are doing it. Everyone is so in character all of the time. Um, like, they're so well thought out. They're so well developed. The first season, in particular, is just a lot of, like, you trying to figure out everything, trying to figure out the political situation, trying to navigate. It's a very large, like, ensemble cast. So trying to navigate all these different plot lines. And, mm-hmm. like, all of these characters have a history with each other that you don't know. And... You start to find out some of that history in season two. Um, and once you find out backstories, like the first, a lot of shows you'll say like are, oh, you just have to get through the first season and that's when it gets good, I promise. Black Sails doesn't have that problem. Like the first season is always really good. And then the second season happens and it makes you want to go back and rewatch the first season because you know the first season is now going to be even better with this new context that you have. Like it's oh. one that, it's a show that like, I finished watching it last Friday, and on Saturday I was like, oh man, I gotta watch Black Sails, and I was like, oh shoot, I don't have any new Black Sails, and it was like a little hole in my heart, and I was like, yeah, okay, but not right now, but it is a show where, like, I don't tend to rewatch things, because I finish TV shows very rarely, mm-hmm. um, and this I do want to rewatch, just because I know that I will understand things more, and it's like, there's characters you think you will never like or root for because they do such horrible things and suddenly three seasons down you're like you're still a bad person but i'm really upset that you're dying oh no Um, you get invested it's, it's really you get really heavily invested and it's just it was pitched like right at like the peak of like 
I feel like the red wedding season of Game of Thrones. So when Game of Thrones mm. was really reaching its like max popularity and quality, and so it was definitely pitched as like Game of Thrones, but pirates, sexy. Michael Bay is an executive producer, and then it is actually just like this deep and thoughtful, insightful criticism of British colonialism <laughs> and mm. uh, like the systems that have allowed it to remain in place for centuries and the cost of trying to dismantle it and do you give up to save yourself or do you keep fighting because even though you will never reap the benefits it will benefit people further down the line um it's a great show i am a big fan of pirates i know so like i feel like you would really enjoy it but i feel like i would need to rewatch it mark down like the really gross scenes at least two people get their necks bitten out and that's not even the grossest scene i'm talking about um (laughs) so like it's i feel like i need to rewatch it and i will just mark down when the grossest (laughs) scenes happen and then tell you to watch it and just skip those parts which is like a really big commitment but i feel like you would really enjoy it yeah um and i feel like your dad would also really enjoy it oh probably like when i went to see him we watched pirates of the caribbean like he like he is a pirate he worked in a gold mine we used to have a parrot he likes the ocean he loves rum like he's a a pirate pirate. yes (laughs) um yeah like it's it's so good um everyone in it is fantastic like i could talk about each character but then that will just blend into me talking about the next person so like toby jones uh is the lead as captain flint and he is so so good and he has particularly excellent hair in the first two seasons Mm -hmm. and then gets really depressed in the third season and shaves his head um, so goodbye to his little ponytail <laughs> that I really oh, no. liked. But, um, it's great. What a good show. What a good show. And I'm and also then, so proud of you for finishing a show. I know. I, in all fairness, I did start watching Black Sails in 2016. <laughs> and it did take me this long to watch 38 episodes. Um, but you did but it. The, I did it. I know. I, so I watched the first episode in 2016 and then got Crave, uh, in April. And then started watching it for real, basically. Um, And I also finally, this is not my spotlight, but I did also finally finish watching Shadowhunters, which Mm. was so good. Shadowhunters, I would actually watch like week to week to week until the last season when I just didn't because I didn't want it to be over. Can't believe I'm saying I didn't want a Cassandra Clare product to be over. But Shadowhunters is good because it really just put a middle finger up at her. Um, I love You know what also you need to finish with the last season of? There's so many things I don't know what you're talking about. Shit's Creek. Oh my god, you're correct. <gasps> I thought you were going to be like Sensei, and I was like, psych, I did finish Sensei. It's not me who hasn't finished it, but now I have not finished Shit's Creek. Um, yeah. That is a personal failing of mine. It is. You're the one that's like, you need to watch this show, and then I watched I it, and like, watched it faithfully with my mother, and then I'm like, let's talk, and you're like, I haven't seen it yet. I was like, I can't. I know. How dare you? I know, and then currently I'm rewatching Glow, which you should watch. I've I watched like the favorite... first couple episodes. I think it's my favorite TV show. I was talking about oh. this the other day with someone else. Um, I think Glow is my favorite TV show. We are getting sidetracked, so really quickly, I did actually have two things I wanted to spotlight. The other is something I just found out. I don't even know if you've heard this yet. They're bringing Hercules to Broadway. Didn't they already come to Broadway? No, they did. So Hercules has never been on Broadway before. Tarzan has been on Broadway before. Did they do Hercules? They did Hercules. The public theater did a production of Hercules in the Park last summer that looked freaking amazing. I wish oh, I could have okay. gotten to see it. And they're going to bring it to Broadway, hopefully, next season. I'm very excited. They've included that five new nice. songs. Alan Menken. It's going to be great. I'm very hyped. 
I love Hercules. It is one of my favorite Disney movies. It has an incredible soundtrack. It's so funny. I'm so excited for a version of Hercules to exist without James Woods. It's going to be great. Hercules has an amazing soundtrack already, so I'm very excited. I know. They released one clip from the production at the public last summer. Uh, with Hercules. I don't even know who plays him. He's a hunk. Um, singing Go the Distance and like all my like hair stood up on end. I feel like I must have seen that then. Because I thought it was already maybe on like the West End or something. Yeah, so it, no, I don't, I don't think it's been on the West End yet. It was the pu- public, they're, they're transferring the production that was at the public last summer to Broadway. Nice. Oh. Probably at the theater where Frozen used to be, I'm realizing. Sorry, Frozen. Oh. Friend of the show. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, that's 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 my updates. That's my pop culture updates. For Thank you. Very exciting. I feel exciting. like you would like Black Sails, just not many parts of it. That's true. Like, there are some shows that I enjoy that I just, like, look away for parts of it, and I do genuinely enjoy pirate lore. <laughs> This like, I made a pirate, pirate one-shot, you know? Like, I oh, have a I pirate one-shot. Like, I like This is good stuff. pirate lore, too, because with the exception, basically, of, like, Captain Flint, Long John Silver, Billy Bones, who are all characters in Treasure Island, uh, all of the mm. pirates are based on real people. Woo! So it's, like, actual pirates. <laughs> it's, like, Anne Bonnie, Jack Rackham, Charles Bane, um, Edward Teach. It's a good time. I could add it to the list. The proverbial list. <laughs> also, my fan on my laptop is going, so I apologize for that. Okay. That is just the life that we live in. This is how we live. I mean, if we're going to die in heat, our computers might as well also die in heat, because we, at least they have a fan, we don't have our fans on. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a cool, a cool 24 to run lately, though. I That's not been... that bad. I know, here, I know. it's 24 it's here as well, which is... Like, pretty warm for Victoria, but, like, when I was visiting my family in the interior, um, it got up to, like, 37, and so this is, like, bad, right? (laughs) Yeah. I like how this is all, this recording is also just us catching up, because I haven't talked to you in a while. It's like, oh, by the way. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, so just in case you can't, like, just a peek behind the curtain, we recorded the last two episodes before I went, so, um... We haven't actually spoken with each other, like, just the two of us for a very long time. So we actually were talking for about an hour before we started recording. Oh my recording. god, we were. I was like, that was like 15 minutes. No, that was a full hour. Cool. I can't tell time. <laughs> Anywho, should we go on to Patch Adams? Yes, we should. Do you have yes. you want to ask me? Um, first I'll just say, so my experience with Patch Adams, I watched it for the first time ever in 2015. Oh! Um, yeah. I did not expect that. It can't go yeah. on. <laughs> what did you expect? I thought you were going to be like, I grew up watching this movie on VHS. No. I would always watch this movie on like Sunday afternoons on cable. No. Okay. So, I watched it in 2015 uh, and what it used to be on Netflix and no longer is, sadly. Um, but I remember specifically because for my summer job, I was traveling around BC teaching kids about like species at risk and... Um, I was in a ta- I believe I was in a Soyuz, um, which is right near the border of, um, BC and the States. And I, re- there was a really bad, it was really bad for forest fires that year. And I remember like forest fires coming up from the States and forest fires coming down from BC. And I remember 
checking into the hotel and then being like, so just be aware, we may have to evacuate. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. And I remember like, whatever, I like went into the pool, swam in the pool, and then I was like, looking through Netflix, I was like, what? The world is on fire. I just want to watch something that's like, something I've always wanted to watch and never have. And something that is like heartwarming, but also can like crush your soul at the same time. I was like, eh, let's try Patch Adams. Let's give <laughs> this a shot. That was the first time I ever watched Patch Adams. And I've only watched it a couple of times since then, including like two days ago for the podcast. But it is one of our mutual friend's like favorite um, Robin Williams movie. I didn't know that. I'm waiting yeah. for this today. Yeah. So I, I remember watching it and like really enjoying it. And I, I also watched it at a very important time in my life. So, like, 2015 was close to graduation for university, and this movie really shows, like, this person's drive to want to help, to want to be, like, compassionate, have a drive to, like, he knows what he wants to be, and I was at a point where I was realizing what I was working for in my degree is not what I really wanted to be anymore, so, like, seeing this person who was super duper passionate stuff, and I was like, man, you know what? I need to kind of change courses a bit. But I do, but, like, still having those values and still doing, finishing your goal, but, like, changing it a bit. So I was like, yes, this is good. So, Patch Adams, just a little background. I didn't do a lot of research for the film. Um, It's based loosely off of the life of Patch Adams. Did not know he was a real dude until this morning. (laughs) Yes, he is a real dude. Uh, So it's based, I say loosely because, like, Patch Adams, the person, is a real person, but, like, the story that happens is <laughs> He a did lot not of like this film. He did not like this... Well, yeah, he he didn't like the film, especially because the money could have went to building his hospital is, like, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why he didn't like it. And we can get into later, like, the differences between the film and, like, the yeah. actual person. And it's also based off of a book based off of him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do a lot of research. Pretty much the whole thing is that the story is about him becoming a doctor with the single, like, motivation of compassion and using compassion humor. And care. Exactly. Yeah. What were your th- initial thoughts on the film, Em? I say, had I heard of Patch Adams? I had heard of Patch Adams. Um, I could think of, like, two things. I confused it with the movie Jack for a very long time. I've never seen Jack. Um, I did see Jack. It's got Jennifer Lopez in it. That's pretty much all I remember. Um, (laughs) anyways, I had heard of Patch Adams twice. Um, once when I used to watch House, I used to watch House every week, like a new episode. I would like wait for a new, I used to be very into House and there is an episode of House, um, where it's like a documentary crew is following one of House's patients and then they decide to do a documentary on House and he's being really caustic in his classic house fashion, um, and makes a joke and then about how, oh, he only got into medicine because of Patch Adams, and then he's really mad because he's watching the, like, documentary they did at the end of the episode, and they've made him look really, really nice. Um, so I knew that. That was, like, my one reference point for Patch Adams for a long time, and then my second one that I wanted to share, because I just think it's a really cute anecdote, is I had been reading this interview with Alan Tudyk, um, who's in the movie. I don't Mm. know if you saw him or recognized him. So... Alan Tudyk, uh, best known for, I mean, probably best known for Firefly still, like, 15 years later. Oh, um, But, yes, like, for many other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, so, like, the movie 
And in real life, like, what made Patch Adams or Hunter Patch Adams want to go into medicine is he had uh, self-admitted himself to a, like, mental institution um, because he was suicidal and had, like, through befriending the other patients there is what made him want to help people. And Alan Tudyk is in one scene as yeah. one of these patients. But I I remember this interview because it was just him talking about how this was his first role, like, right out of Juilliard, his first mm. movie... Um, where he had done a few, like, off-Broadway plays, including one, I can't remember what it's called, where he had to play something like 28 different characters, and basically this Catholic director was like, if you can play 28 different characters, I can find a part for you in this movie that I'm casting. Oh. And he flew back to San Francisco, and uh, he was like, I have made it, I'm in San Francisco, and then got, like, really bad food poisoning. <laughs> and basically they had to pump him full of adrenaline to get through the scenes, because his like he had, like, an allergic reaction and food poisoning and was just, like, super, super sick. But speaks in this interview, I think it was an AV club, like, random roles or 11 questions or something, and was just so sick and speaks of it so fondly, because he was basically like, I was so nervous, I was, like like, wanted to be really cool, they had, like, crap, there was free food, it was wild, but I was so <laughs> sick, and then he got there, and it was all these actors that he really liked, especially Robin Williams, and Robin Williams was just, like, so funny, and so charming, and so nice to everyone, and he was just, like, it was, like, the coolest, most educational first movie I could have gotten, because, wow. like, I felt so included, I had such a good time doing it, um, Robin made everyone laugh, and, like, it was just, it was the most fun I had ever had in my life at that point, and it was such a sweet anecdote of him being, like, I think the, the question was, is there any day in your life you would want to relive? And he had picked that day, specifically. Wow. Um, and he was, like, talking about, like, how he was, like, to his girlfriend at the time, was like, you have to fly out and see this. And she came, and everyone was really nice to her, and he was just like, it was the best. And I was like, that's oh. nice. I like that so much. It seems like a good, it would have been a good set to work on. You have a lot of amazing mm -hmm. actors in this film, and Robin Williams energy is just mesmerizing what i knew of robin williams was he was the genie and he was also peter pan in hook and that was like still to this day one of the only two things that like i like have watched over and over again with his things mm -hmm. so it was really interesting to see him in this role but critics as if you if you're seeing this title and like quickly look on Online, yes. This Did not like movie this film. Has twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes and six point eight out of ten on INDV. But as we have talked about many times, ratings don't really matter. They are why. <laughs> um I know. It's all on how on how I personally feel and I exactly. personally deem a good film. Um and so what was I say? Oh, why one other thing, like before we got into talking about I guess like the content of the movie is that you were talking about before, oh, this kind of surprised you that this came out on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, this seems like a very Christmas Day movie because it is something you would like Christmas Day movies are movies where like everyone's off work. What are movies you can take the entire family to? And I'm like, That's this true. fits the bill perfectly. But also I think it made a lot of sense to me is that this came out in nineteen ninety eight. Um, because Robin Williams, like, obviously primarily a comedic actor, like, even his awards are all for comedy things, but, like, he had been nominated for four Oscars at this point, mm. and had won the year before for Goodwill Hunting oh. in 97, like, movie which had come out in 97, and then he had won the Oscar, like, that February or March or whenever the ceremony was. 
Um, so okay. this makes a lot of sense to me as, like, a movie you, someone who had just finally won an Oscar after, like, 20 years in the industry and four nominations would make because he won for Best Supporting and now for, like, a comedic part in a serious movie. And now he's doing yeah. that. But as a lead actor, I was like, this absolutely tracks. Um, okay. Someone on the other wall on uh, the other apartment is currently hammering something. Apologies. <laughs> oh, no. Bro. Um, so yeah, just like seeing this, like coming out in '98, I was like, this makes sense for like Robin Williams is a huge bankable star. He's like gonna bring in audiences no matter what. He's also gonna bring in like award contender audiences, and I was like, that is what this movie is trying to do. So I think it's just that, just that's like my only production anecdote. As I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Like, it's a lot of the criticism was people saying like, oh, like the jokes were cheesy or like. He should stay in comedy, and I'm like, I feel like this movie, for some points, like, have haven't aged well, but other points, I'm like, it was also sometimes before its time at the same time. Like, a lot of I think comedies mm-hmm. now are kind of like this, or dramas are kind of like this. You kind of have to have, like, a little bit of both, and I feel like this type of story would be great during this time. I think one other thing that really stuck out to me too is like this movie could not exist without Robin Williams. They had apparently also gone to people like Bill Murray for the part but I'm like this movie does ride or die. Like if you like it, you like it because of Robin Williams and because Mm -hmm. of the energy he's bringing where like anyone else could be delivering these jokes or doing this slapstick and it wouldn't be funny it wouldn't be charming. Um... And, like, there, like you said, there's some stuff that I don't find charming in this movie, but, like, or, like, hasn't aged well, but he, you can tell, like, like Alan Tudyk said, that there was, like, a really good energy on set because of who Robin Williams was as a person, and it was really successful, financially at least, because of Robin Williams, and so, like, this movie couldn't have existed in any way, let alone successfully without him, but, do you know, have you ever heard of the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance? No. Okay, it's this Western movie from... Oh, God, I actually looked it up earlier. When did it come out? When did it... it came out in 1962. And I won't. we won't turn this into a Liberty Balance podcast, but Liberty Balance came out, and it's starring Jimmy Stewart. Okay. Um, and it's a Western, and it's about, like, this really good man who has to make this, like, decision about whether or not he's going to, you know, fight the bad guy. Um, and it opens with, like, Jimmy Stewart, who is, like elderly not like elderly at that point but like well into middle age not this like baby face off shucks jimmy stewart and like george bailey image mm. and then the movie flash like the movie opens with him at his actual age and then flashes back 25 years and the bulk of the movie takes place 25 years earlier when he's supposed to be like a really young guy but it's still old jimmy stewart and you're like i can see how you cast him because he is perfect for this part but he was perfect for this part 25 years ago uh, and that is the case, I think, for me, that it was, like, kind of a sticking point of, like, you clearly, you needed Robin Williams to be in this part, but having Robin Williams as a, like, adult man, like, a, a, as a middle-aged man amongst 22-year-olds, I was, like... Yeah, that's mm, one of the things that was, um... That was changed. That was changed. Like, Patch Adams was the regular age when he <laughs> went to middle school. Like, yeah, the the age different thing, especially with, like, the romantic relationship in it, I did not enjoy. Um, but Do we want to get ha- into the plot? Like, like, to kind of talk our way through that before we get ahead of ourselves? Well, one thing I will say about, like, the age difference 
almost made it seem more exciting that like he finally found his passion of what he wanted to do. Yeah, so like I really I really liked that. And then when I looked it up and saw that he wasn't that actual he was actually just like early twenties when he went to university, I was like, Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, so um about the plot, so it, it takes place in like the late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies. Um, we've talked about, you've talked about already that he self-admitted himself to get help. Um, while being there, he was able to interact with the other patients and started to find joy out of helping these people that weren't being listened to. And there's one line that he's like talking to the doctor there and he's talking to him about his, his thoughts and what's happening with him and the doctor's just not listening and he just starts going on a rant about something completely different. The doctor's like, what? It's like, well, at least he actually listened. And, like, yes, people just need to be heard, man. And, like, realizing there's nothing more powerful. Oh, no, that's not the saying. It's you can either show someone how to do something, but it's more powerful to show someone how to not do something, if that makes sense. Like, the amount of times that you see something, someone do something bad, you're like, okay, I want to be that. Like, for me, like, I... I had great teachers growing up, but originally I wanted to become a teacher because I had some horrible teachers. Like, and I was thinking, no, yeah, I had spelling issues, but maybe spell my name right. Like, my name is not Jennifer. My name is Jenny. You have to actually write it down. That's my name. And like, not listening to me, not actually helping and all Mm -hmm. these things. It's like, you know what? I'm going to be that person that's going to help someone. And I'm going to do this so I, no other child has to go through that. And that's pretty much like, the main motivation in the beginning for Patch Adams was I'm going to help people and actually talk to people and listen to them because we need to help people not just treat a disease because they're more than just what they're suffering from. I'm going to say right ahead, like, I don't think I, I enjoyed this movie as much as you do. Mm. I was looking it up and was like, oh, okay, it's the whole premise is that he wants to help people through compassion. I was like, this actually seems like a really nice thing. Like, I'm in for a movie that is a, like, very not gentle, but like uh, a very glossily packaged dressing down mm. of the American medical system, or like not publicly funded healthcare, and the bow treating people kind of is about. And that is where this movie is really successful. And like, it is just really encouraging to see like I really like those early scenes where he is under care and it's really frustrating to watch. And I, I started watching it not really knowing what the movie is about and being like, wow, these orderlies are terrible. This therapist is terrible. And I was like, oh, oh, that's the point. That's the point of the film. <laughs> and then it just, but it made me understand him so well because I was like, I would be so frustrated if I went somewhere for help and they did the opposite. And yeah. so I just, I appreciated like that, that it's only like 15 minutes of the movie and it just immediately puts you in your shoes of, like, this needs to be done differently, and it makes you have so much respect for him for having the wherewithal to, like, go through with it. Because I feel like a lot of times it is really easy to be like, oh, this needs to be done differently. What I can't do anything to fix it. I'm just one person. And he immediately, at first, is just like, I am just one person, but I can be one person who makes a difference. And then as mm-hmm. he, like, brings other people into the fold, it's like, oh, through the force of being one person, he is, like found his people he's found a group of friends he's yeah. starting clinics and like the real patch Adams is starting a hospital and it's just like it is very encouraging to see the impact that one person can have and i was like and all from like one negative experience and it would be so easy to go out of that negative experience and be like medicine is terrible 
I'm not going to trust doctors. Yeah. And he is someone who had the ability to be like, okay, I can make it better. And I'm just so happy that the real Patch Adams exists. Have you thought about what you'll do? I want to help people. Last night with Rudy, I connected to another human being. I want more of that. I want to learn about people. I want to help them with their troubles. That's what I do. But you suck at it. You don't even look at people when they're talking. I want to listen. I want to really listen to people. I, by watching this movie, again and again, has reminded me of how glad I am Canadian. <laughs> and that... Uh, and it's like, oh, listen, we know we've got troubles. Yes, 100%. We know we've got troubles, but also, I am so thankful for so many things. Healthcare-wise, man, I would rather wait four hours to see someone than not being able to afford to see someone, you know? God, like, and just it's die. It's so stressful. And... God, it's so stressful. They, they, when they're like, you, yeah, it should be affordable. And Emma, have you read any of the Hippocratic Oath? Is that how you say it? Yes. Um, I have listened to Sawbones, so I am vaguely aware that it is do no harm. That is, like, the gist of it. Um, but it's actually, like, a whole thing. And I was trying to look it up, because um, in the movie, Patch kind of talks about it a little bit. Because he get, goes to medical school and, like, the doctor's like, we're going to take the humanity out of you. We're going to make doctors out of you. And um, I know, and it's so terrible. And, like, people are making for the case for, like, the system as it is. I am interrupting you. Apologies. Um, but are being like, you need to have that removed. Otherwise, it will become too heavy on you to, like, lose patience. And so I, I, this is at the very end of the movie, but I am extremely impacted and moved by him being like, death happens to everyone. Yeah. Um... If you are just treating the disease, you will win or you lose. If you treat the patient, you will win every time, regardless of the outcome. And that is yeah. like, I'm so, I'm so scared of my own mortality. But that was very comforting of like, you are going to die, but it's like, are you are you happy with, yeah. with how you are in the meantime? And to try to go off of that quote, he also says like, death is not the enemy, indifference is. And that really stuck with me too. <sighs> like that's, oh my God. <laughs> they ha- this movie has some really good quotes in it. Like... There's some things he says, and it just gets you right in the soil. You're like, I didn't take any notes on this movie, and you can tell it's good, because I was able to just spit that out yeah. from the top of the old dome. <laughs> yes, the Hippocratic Oath. So this was, like, uh, a huge thing that... It's been, like, modernized since, but, like, in the classical version, and then translated to English, like, one part that was quite interesting was, like, just talking about, like, money and stuff. It's like, and if he needs of money to give him the share of mine and regard his offspring as equal to my brother's and like they're pretty much being like you shouldn't this should be something you're sharing this is something that like you treat them as equals and this whole show is like they're like no you're a doctor you're separate and then like the newerish version which i think is what patch was kind of talking about um i say newer version i think it was in 1960s he like adjusted it to be like a more modernist version aka got rid of all the bible talk and like made it more gender neutral not just all man and stuff i think the thing that he does definitely is one of them is i will remember that there is an art to medicine as well as science and that warmth sympathy and understanding may outweigh the surgeon's knife or the chemist's drug and it's like damn all doctor, most doctors have to like oath to that, and it's like, yeah, that is one hundred percent what he is doing. And the another one is, I will remember that I do not treat a fever chart, a cancerous growth, but a sick human being whose illness may affect the person's family and economic stability. My responsibility includes these related problems, 
if I am to care adequately for the sick. This movie, we keep talking about this, about like, oh, this movie hits differently in 2020, but it does in 2020 when you're talking about the inherent injustices in the medical system, not just in the U.S., but everywhere, like systemic racism, systemic Mm -hmm. uh, homophobia, and all these things. And so to see, again, like this one character who is based on a real person go above and beyond to find ways to connect with all of his patients, it's just like... It's just, like, it's a a breath of relief. (laughs) And, like, it's also the whole idea of, like, if you're making someone laugh or you're bringing them joy, you're, like, for a moment making them forget about the pain. And I, as someone who, whenever I'm in pain, I try to make myself laugh. Like, I, like, when I got my appendix out, I... You have an appendix? I'm a bad friend that I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, it happened, like, two weeks before the play, and I was the lead. No! Clubs tomorrow! Yeah, and I had to be put in an ambulance, and all that jazz. It was right before my sister and my mom were gonna go to Vegas, and I was gonna be home alone. And I was like, I'm fine, it's just cramps. No. Oh, God. (laughs) Dying, Jenny. Um, like, I try to make funny things, like, oh, yeah, I'm fine, and stuff, and, like, that's usually my go-to of things. I try to offer things to people who are sad or hurt, or I try to make them laugh, and it's that, like... We know that culture of distraction, but sometimes, like, that's really what you need. And he's in university. He's doing amazing at school. Like, his grades are, like, in 98%. Like, he is so good at it. But he's also spending time to go into hospitals and talk with kids and um, talk with different patients and, like, bring these joy to these older seniors who are just sitting there waiting to die. And he's like, I'm going to give you your, like, your last wish. And, like, oh... The humanities in science is important because you need to connect with people. And I even remember seeing that in university, even in my teaching program, when there were some people who were super smart, super focused, but were horrible with people and children. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah, so Patch is uh, in university having made these connections and... Uh, has to, to share a room on residence with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I am not a huge... I didn't think I was a huge Philip Seymour Hoffman fan, and then I have accidentally, like, watched several of his movies in the past month, and I will say that yeah. every time they hit a scene, I did just feel very sad that we no longer have Robin Williams or Philip Seymour Hoffman, because they yeah. are both so good. Did they die in the same year? They did. Yeah. Um, anyways, continuing on, because that's a big bummer. Well, it is very difficult to watch this movie when you can relate a lot of Patch Adams characters with Robin Williams himself Mm -hmm. of like him being very hurt. It was also the anniversary of his death last week, which is a very weird thing to have in my mind's eye while watching it. Um, But it was also would have been his 69th birthday last month. And I saw a lot of really nice people or not nice things from people remembering, choosing to remember him on that day instead of, instead of last Mm. week, which was really nice. Yeah. yeah, so he's ha- he's roommates with this person, and also so glad that we didn't have to have like room roommates oh, in thank university. Jesus, oh my god, I could not imagine. Oh, uh-huh. would have been yeah, terrible. Would have been terrible. It would have been terrible. People are meant to spend like that space. That be. I love you very much. People are meant to be that close in quarters. No, yeah. But he goes to university, he uh, befriends a few students, is in a study group with a few others, so he befriends Truman. Um, who Truman's is fun. kind of his first, I don't want to say convert, because that implies, like, a 
like a religious or like culty connotation but like is the first person who he kind of convinces to be like we need to think of the way we treat our patients and it's Truman who goes with him um okay this is this saying this makes me feel so joyless um okay but okay one of the other podcasts I listened to a great show called I Hate It But I Love It uh recently did an episode on big with tom hanks and they were talking about how stressed they were because when tom hanks becomes an adult and gets a job he wouldn't have a social security number okay um and how important it is like to follow the rules and so i was like i am i am on patch's side of like one of his like initial grievances with medical school is them saying you're not allowed to spend any time with patients until your third year and then he mm. lies and pretends to be a third year student so that he can he can sneak into the hospital. And I was like, just volunteer, just become a candy striper or something. Yeah. For the love of God, exactly. don't sneak in. You're gonna get kicked out of university. And so every time he breaks a rule, I was just like so stressed, <laughs> which made me feel like I was like, oh God, I'm so joyless. I'm not willing to have fun and risk it all to help the person. But I was also like, bro, no, yeah. do it. But there was many times that I've written down, like, he had good intentions, but even the best intentions, like, sometimes you don't do that. <laughs> um, I know. But then, like, because then as soon as he does start working with the patients, like, it is, again, these, these incredibly charming scenes of Robin Williams that I do enjoy, even when it's not my brand of humor, because you can just feel this warmth radiating off him. And everyone in the scenes who are, like, extras or background performers are very clearly actually laughing, or they're all magically the best actors in the world. <laughs> so, so it's just, like, you can just tell that, like, they just, like, probably let him run with it, and everyone was just laughing the whole time. And so it is just really yeah. nice to watch. Um, it's nice to watch anyone, but especially like if people are in pain or in not like horrible situations, to see them smile is the best. Like thing it's ever. you were saying before, like it's not just it's not just that it's, that it's a distraction from their pain; it's a, a reminder that there are things outside of pain. Exactly, that there is a reason to live. That there's a reason that to there's joy. Feel other things. Um, and I will say that the scenes in the hospital were some of my favorite because I love the nurses and the way this movie respects nurses so much. Yes! 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 Sorry, that was me snapping in case you were wondering what that sound was. Yes. Nurses deserve the utmost respect. And, like, even in his, like, big final speech at the end, he's like, learn from them, respect them. And it's so true because they are the ones with the patients all the time. They are incredible and deserve so much respect. I know. So, like, you have, like, the scene where one of the nurses is kind of shirty and standoffish with him, because she's like, he's a medical student, this is my only chance to boss him around, um, because he's not going to respect me in three years when he's a doctor. And he does, and it's just, yeah. I, and then, so then, like, you keep see. I really only expected those two nurses to be in that scene, and the fact that they do keep coming back and are, like, friends with him and are, like, at his graduation, and, it was, and then when he has this speech at the end of the how you respect nurses i was just like fist pumping yes in my bed yes while I this on my ipad <laughs> and it's true like he could have just volunteered and it would have been fine like he, he tries to spin up being like oh i'm just visiting a friend but then like 
the dean like hates him part because of he's me different. wondered if i like and i have no idea what hospitals were like in the 60s and i was like were you allowed to volunteer at hospitals in the 60s i feel like you would have had to volunteer but then my brain was kind of like what if this is like a change that we have a society has reconsidered about letting people volunteer in hospitals I feel like, but i feel like you would have been used allowed to... to volunteer right yeah like my mom was even when i was a kid used to always at, like be like jenny you would be a really good like you know they used to hire people to go to the hospitals and just give people hugs? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm a good hugger. I mean, you would agree, yes? Oh, top notch. Like, I cannot wait to hug you again. I feel like it'll be, like, top <laughs> ten hugs of my life in there. Hugs are, like, top, top notch. They're the best. It's just... Oh, da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of to go quickly back to his roommate... His, his roommate name, I think, is Mitch. Yes, is, that like, sounds right. Mitch. Yeah. Um, even though, like, you're supposed to, like, not like him. Are you okay? <laughs> I am. I just remember... I, we'll get to it later. I just remember to see that actually made me laugh out loud in the movie. Um, okay. We'll get into that later. Sorry, that was, like, a hysterical giggle that I was, like, trying not to let escape. <laughs> um, I... Even though, like, you're supposed to, like, not like him, and he's, like, super annoying, and, like... He even, like, goes to the dean and thinks that Patch is cheating because his grades are so good, and... But, like, his scenes, like... There's two scenes that he does that both make me very emotional. Go on. So, the one scene is when he goes to Patch for help because he can't make someone eat. Yeah. You know, Mrs. Kennedy in 212. She doesn't eat. I visited her room every day for the last three weeks. I can't get her to eat. I know everything there is to know about medicine. I've studied relentlessly. I guarantee you I cannot do, out-diagnose any attending and surgeon in this hospital. But I can't make her eat. And that, like, you can see the desperation with him being like, I've done this, I've done this, I can tell you anything that happens, but I can't make her eat and you're like that I totally can resonate with that feeling of trying everything possible to help someone they are trying the best of your ability and then it's still not working there is this book uh called can we talk about something more pleasant and it's a memoir of this woman who did a graphic novel about losing her parents and caring for her parents before they died and about how frustrating Mm. it was that like they just couldn't and didn't want to eat anymore and she just didn't know what yeah. to do um and that like anyway so it's just a, it's a very real feeling of like wanting to help someone and like eating should bring people joy and mm-hmm. when you don't enjoy eating anymore and like when they're not even eating for survival it's just like it's despairing right and it's just it made you realize like this person who's been like you need to study you need to study he has this whole monologue about like I would pick the prick doctor over the funny doctor because he'll know what to do. And then all of a sudden, no, he doesn't know what to do. You have to have humanity in being a doctor and in science. And during that other monologue, he also says something of, you make my effort a joke. And there's something about that line that really hit me because I struggle to do a lot of things that come easily for other people. And... Some people know that, and some people don't know that. 
And then, so when I see people, like, easily do stuff and it's fine, like, I, I try my best not to make it get to me, but then, like, seeing, like, it, when I was in, like, in high school, I, um, like, in history class, like, I was fascinated by history and it was great, and, but I just can't take tests. I'm not a test taker. And when someone's, like, not worried about taking the test, like, oh, I'll be fine, like, they don't really study and then they do great, and, like, I'm struggling so hard to do it. It makes it seem like my efforts a joke to them, and I think it just like I they said that, and it just kind of like hit me real hard. I was like, "Damn it, <laughs> it's it's oh true though." God. Like, like I don't even I didn't even remember that scene. You say it, and it's just thank you for reminding me of that. That's a really good. That is a really good line. Like this, right? This movie got I think kind of unfairly panned because it is very hard on the sleeve, truthfully, like scientifically engineered in the lab to make you cry, and I think we're yeah we'll move on to like some other plot lines that really play into that in a minute, but there are parts oh, yeah. of it that, I mean, that's, this, this is what's getting it. That's that sweet 6.8 on IMDb and keeping it from like the 5.2 yeah. range is a scene <laughs> like this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's those heart crushing scenes that there could be, it's a one line, but like there's so much power and the way that like the actors are so great in it. Like the way they say it, I like believe them. Yeah, oh god, I miss Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's a good frickin' actor. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so for, like, other plot lines, there's also the romantic plot line, but surprise to no one here, I'm not into the romantic plot lines. Because <laughs> so. it's bad. I, queen of romance here, not into the yeah. romantic plot line in this movie. Good. It's bad. And so I, I don't want to yuck your yums. I don't want to harsh your jam. Because I did enjoy this movie, and I went into this movie with an open heart, and I did not like this plot line at all. It was a dishonor to Monica Potter. Yeah, I, because I remember I wanted to bring this movie earlier in the, in our podcast, and then I was like, no, that was when I was like, okay, let's do Won't You Be My Neighbor instead. Very good choice. Very good (laughs) choice. Everything has its place. Yes. And then I rewatched this, and I was like, because this is some of the things when I'm like, this doesn't age well, and that I don't enjoy. Like, there's one scene I do enjoy, but besides that, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. He's way older than her. She said no so many times. Could she stop? I know. And so, like, I think that's the thing. We're like, I... Before I realized this morning that Patch Adams was a real person who went to university at the expected or traditional age for university, I was really into Robin Williams or, like, movie Patch Adams being like, yeah, I'm here because I just decided that this is my life's purpose and not that I just decided Mm -hmm. I know. And, like you said, it is extremely compelling to be like, I am continually, as I get older, drawn to narratives like It Chapter 2, where it's people in adulthood realizing that their past mistakes or past actions Mm. don't have to affect their future or, like, hold Mm -hmm. them back from their future. And so it's really good. But when you have Robin Williams as a man who I want to say was in his 40s, continually following this character that's supposed to be, like, 22 after she says no and, like, and he continues to follow her, it's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And and the movie doesn't need it. No, and it, apparently, like it's loosely based off of his wife, but like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. What is your What is the one scene you like? Because I feel like it's the same scene that I really like. The birthday party with the balloons. Yes, that is what made me laugh. Yes, thinking of Philip Seymour Hoffman's reaction to be like, "Oh God, why are there so many balloons?" And like, I want to be <laughs> in that room. I want to be. In, it's like, oh my God, filled tit to toe or <laughs> tit to toe, head to toe. <laughs> Head to toe with balloons. 
questions. Um, <laughs> I mean, that could also work, but in this case, it is inaccurate because yeah. the room is literally filled head to toe with balloons. Um, yeah. And they're all and there apparently the real. Apparently, he did that. I love that because I love how the roommate gets in and is like, I hate this, but the room is still so filled with balloons, he can't find them, and then everybody just leaves him in this room full of balloons while they go have their party somewhere else. I love it so much. It was, that is like a really charming scene. Like when he was leaving and he's like, my ankle, someone get help, please, my ankle. <laughs> and he's just like, and it's, but it's, it, oh. it works in terms of like the relationship with him and Corinne, Monica Potter's character, because at this point, like, there isn't anything super romantic. Like, he's asked her out a couple times. Mm-hmm. She said no, so we should stop asking her out. Um, yeah. But, like, they have actually become friends at that point, so it is just, like, he does a really silly thing to make her laugh, and then they go have a nice birthday party, and I'm like, this is nice. Yes. Just be friends. Yeah. Just be friends, guys. I, I love that scene so much that I almost made it an activity of us having to say what our favorite birthday party was. Um, just because I love that scene so much, but... Um, oh, I mean, I do have an immediate answer for that. <laughs> what is it? Uh, when I was eight, I was really into the 1950s because my parents... I had begged my parents to buy me a Best of the 1950s compilation CD at Walmart that was literally, like, five or ten dollars, and that was the only CD yeah. that I listened to, like, the cool kid that I was, um, but I loved the 1950s, and so I wanted to have a 1950s themed birthday party, and my parents obliged. My, my parents kick ass at throwing birthday parties, especially for when I was really little. So my mom made me a poodle skirt, um, and she, like, made me, and I had, like, little, like, bobby socks and the little, like, 50, like, 1950s, like, Mary Janes, and we handmade all the invitations so that they were on, like, little records, and we made little envelopes with, like, rec album covers on, and I gave them to my friends. And, um... We asked them people to dress up, and not everyone, like, not everyone, like, obviously, I was the birthday girl, so I had my little pool skirt that my mom made, (laughs) um, but, like, not everyone did, but I remember, like, one boy who I invited, Wesley, his mom had, like, gotten him, like, a little leather jacket and got, like, Brillo cream, so he had, like, full T-bird hair, and I just remember, like, having this party and listening to my compilation CD, and for once, like, all of my friends came, it was awesome, we, like, did musical chairs, and then my sister, one of her friends... My sister would have been in, like, grade 7 or 8 at the time, and they stayed to, like, help hand out snacks, and oh my, God. my parents are also really good. I did not appreciate this as a younger child. I do appreciate it now as an adult. We're, like, really intent on making sure I, like, ate vegetables because if given the opportunity, I would not have. So I remember, like, at my oh, wow. party... They were like, we will have real snacks, but first, we're going to bring out a veggie tray. And my mom, like, cut up all these vegetables, but we were all, like, so crazed at that point. I just remember being in, like, we were in a really little house at the time, being, like, where the wood stove was. And my sister and her friend bringing out these trays of veggies and just getting fully stampeded by a herd of eight-year-olds. But I just remember, like, <laughs> and I remember, I remember being like, it's a party, we should have chocolate. And my mom was like, we're going to have veggies. And then everyone was super into the veggies. Yes. Um, so I was like, it was perfect. I had like a costume. All my friends came. I got to listen to my favorite CD. We had vegetables. It was a great party. I remember that one time when we went down on some like veggie trays after we had McDonald's for like a week straight because Monopoly. Oh my god, we were like really determined. Okay. Oh god. I still like sometimes if I walk past the McDonald's by my house and I smell it, that is what I get taken back to. Is the week we. Oh god, we ate way too much McDonald's that week. But then we got those veggie trays, and that was one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> the best thing ever. 
Oh, so good. Yeah, you're, that, that sounds like a bomb party. That's so cool. It was cool. a great birthday. Um, I don't also remember this, but there is photographic evidence. Also, little Emma really loves singing in the rain. So I want to say like four or five year old Emma. Maybe even yeah. younger. I had, a, I had very little hair in the photos, so I'm going to say like three or four. Had a singing in the mm-hmm. rain theme birthday party, and my mom made me a Kathy yes. Selden dress. It's great. <sighs> yeah. Your childhood, man, is... It makes sense. Everything <laughs> <laughs> how I exclusively watched movies from, like, the 40s, only listened to a 1950s compilation album, and didn't watch the Hiller the Lizzie McGuire movie until I was 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday party as a kid was pretty way. much, like, was, like, we went bowling almost every single year. And we also <gasps> oh, did this so thing cool, when we'd have, though. like, yarn... And it would make, like, a spider web, and everyone would get, like, the end, and you would, at the end of each, like, string would be, like, a goodie bag. That sounds that awesome. Good. Yeah. But, like, the first one that came to mind for me was actually, you were there for it, was, I think it was my 21st birthday? Is when we had the picnic. <gasps> that was... I have a photo... I have a photo framed on it in my room. You're not in it because you took the photo. But it was... I have it framed in my room, too. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it's, it like, legit one of my favorite days ever. Like, not just birthday. It's just one of my favorite days ever. When we just, like, went to Camosun. We didn't even go to Camosun, but we went to the lawn. There was me, you, and four, and three of our other friends. Two of our other friends. You... No, three. No, three. I can't do that. Three. Three of our other And Emma made a bunch of, like, cucumber sandwiches and a bunch of like little like picnic foods and we played lawn games and we played like bocce with like we only had a bouncy rubber ball yeah and we it was just it was perfect it was april but it was like perfect summer weather it was so gorgeous it wasn't too hot it was like a balmy 22 or whatever it was sunny yeah had an awesome summer (sighs) playlist this is the point where none of our friends had cars, but someone did have a car for that weekend, so we all got to drive to the park. It was great. Yes. Even though it was, like, down the road from us, we could still drive. We had a big picnic basket. Oh, That's it was true. so good. That was a great birthday. Okay, we gotta get back on okay. Patch Adams. We, we, diverse. Anywho, um, yeah, the romantic plot, which is a large part of it, is not good. That's all I'd say. Okay, yeah. Like, the acting is still fine. Like, I... I think she does a really good job. Like, I can tell in her her face when she doesn't want anything to do with him. And I can tell in her face when she's, like, super emotional. Like, that's fine. I, I like Monica Parter, but it's, it just is... It is unnecessary. It could just be, like, he asks her out, she says no, and then they become really good friends. Yeah. And they would have the same exactly. impact. And so then, like, it continues, and uh, Patch, like, almost gets kicked out of medical school several times, but because he is yeah. a really good student and is really passionate, he, like keeps convincing them to let him stay. I had a hiccup. Yes, and Um, kind of to go off of that, like, his relationship with the Dean reminds me a lot of the Pixar short Night and Day. Except for the ending isn't actually what ends up happening. It's the specific quote. Do you remember what the quote is in that? No, I don't. Okay, I'll play a clip right now of it. Fear of the unknown. They are afraid of new ideas. 
They're loaded with prejudices, not based upon anything in reality, but based on if something is new, I reject it immediately because it's frightening to me. What they do instead is just stay with the familiar. You know, to me, the most beautiful things in all the universe are the most mysterious. And, like, that quote just reminds me so much of, like, the dean doesn't want anything to do with him. And he's like, why? And it's like, because, like, you're, like, overly happy. Like, all these things that he doesn't want to happen. And it's like, no. Like, embrace it. This is good. Um, it is understandable to, like, be afraid of change, but it is, like, it is also very important to look at what people are suggesting, and then also, like, if you see someone who sees something needs changing, and they also have the commitment to see that change through, yeah, that's a really difficult thing. There are many things I can think about where I'm like, oh, they should do it this way, but I don't, I'm not the person to take that lead, but if you are, like, if you have someone with you who's got that, that drive, then support yeah. them, and... What is the worst that can happen? Exactly. And, like, in the end, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I, like, I'm, I can either be a, I'm going to be a thorn. I ain't going nowhere. Um, so he, they start, they open a place that's, they're helping people who can't afford medical care. Um, which, yeah, you're not allowed to, like, it's like a loophole. Like, I get conflicted with this because I'm a, I'm a person that goes by the rules usually. And, like, I understand the dangers of, like, unlicensed medical professionals. I would be like, this is horrible. But then he's like, I'm just helping out a friend because all of them are friends. And, like, he says when he was thinking up the idea, his, like, main point was there'll be a community where joy is a way of life, where learning is the highest aim, where love is the ultimate goal. And I'm like, yeah, like, I agree with all that stuff. That sounds great. But it's also your students, have not you have not finished your residency you're stealing supplies from the hospital the hospital needs those supplies um and so like one of the things they do like again like going into this big speech he has at the end of the movie is he's talking about like they're they're kind of questioning the legality of like should he be expelled from medical school for practicing without a license and he's like well if you're asking me if i was acting like a doctor because i cared for them then everyone there was was doctors because we all cared for one another whether it was like mm. reading to someone or cooking for someone or giving someone a blanket when they were cold and again it is very moving it's just like we all need to find ways to care for the people that we care about um yeah but also you are still a student and I am afraid. I'm afraid because it can't be safe and for many reasons. Yes, which is now going back to the main thing I don't like about the romantic plotline is that the character of Corinne is like loosely, uh, the, the romantic aspects, loosely inspired by his then wife. Um, they did get yeah. divorced, but he has remarried since. So I'm glad real Patch yeah. Adams found love. Good for him. Um, but she is constantly being encouraged to, you know, like step outside of her comfort zone. And look at people, again, like, and this is, like, a good message of, like, looking at people who act in a way that is upsetting or unusual to you because mental illness, like, shouldn't be treated as less than a person. A good, mm -hmm. a good message to have. And then she goes to help someone and gets murdered. I forgot that happened till I watched it yesterday. Straight up. I was I, like, what? <laughs> it's very upsetting because this is based on a real thing that happened to one of Patch Adams' friends in university. Yes. That real person was a man. So they invented 
a female character to have a relationship she does not want with an adult man and then get murdered. Yeah. They and I was just like, why did you think this was necessary? Yes. If like and so like it's also just extremely disheartening where like, okay, if it is also the scene inspired by his wife, him and his wife weren't divorced at that point, why not just invent a character based on Linda? Exactly. Um and so the and then it it it, it really like throws the movie off the rails for me because then you have him on trial and they're like they're citing all of these things of like well were you practicing medicine without a license and i'm like how is the fact that a doctor who was not a doctor who was practicing a patient who should not have been her patient got murdered not coming up in these trials like how did he not get sued by her family i know it's it's a horrible thing. Like, you don't see it, but she goes to this guy's house. She doesn't tell anyone. Like, it's so upsetting. And he, he kill. Like, it's just awful. I did not like that part. Yeah. I obviously don't like that part, but I just, no. like, it really, it just soured the rest of the movie. Because then again, like, it becomes this thing of, like, oh, everything happens for a reason. And no, everything has its place, but not everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's very off-putting to me. Yeah. Like I said, 100,000% forgot that oh happened which is bizarre because that's like a huge thing that happens and i'm like when i was watching it i was like as soon as you like corinne got murdered last night i was like i outwardly said what <laughs> um, <laughs> i knew something creepy was going to happen but i totally forgot it was that i know and it's like and this comes like not five minutes after the character reveals she was also sexually assaulted as a child and i'm like yeah. again this is a fictional woman that you have placed all of this suffering on and yeah. this is terrible and it's a disservice to any women who actually experience these things because it's handled with no grace whatsoever when the movie goes no. so, so it's like this is a moment where like you really see the movie at war with itself of like trying to be a serious movie about serious topics versus being a, a Robin Williams comedy vehicle and they mm-hmm. can coexist they do not at this point in the film no it sometimes does work but I agree it does not work at during that Um, point. Yeah, so, like, I had been looking it up and saw, like, oh, Monica Potter plays Corinne, a a friend of Patch Adams who dies. And I was like, oh, and I, in my brain, I was like, so I I did spoil that part for myself, but in my brain, I was like, oh, she's gonna get, like, cancer or something, and he's gonna have to Uh, treat her. So then she just gets shot, and I was like, what? Yeah. It's very upsetting. I mean, like, if they wanted to follow this storyline better, they could have... That could have happened to Truman instead and not have just killed off a <laughs> I know, like, character. sucks to be Truman, but, like, that it did happen to a male friend of his, so why not just tell the story exactly. of that actual person that actually happened to? I agree. On a completely different note, I thought the movie did a really good job of, like, not necessarily things that were funny, but things that were, like, endearing. Mm-hmm. So, like, like with the lady who really wanted to swim in noodles... <laughs> I know, I was like, damn, that lady's ahead of her time. Like, if she was on TikTok now, yeah. that would absolutely be very popular. Just, like, this woman swimming Is in a pool was... noodle. Ah. Right? She's just, uh. she's describing her fantasy of being able to swim in a pool of noodles, and I was like, that sounds disgusting. And then she's in the tub, and I was like... But also, I did want Patch Adams to get out of that tub. I was like, this is her tub of noodles? Don't go getting it dirty with your Patch Adams juice. <laughs> Also, one of our friends' favorite part, do you, what did you think of the gynecologist visit? What did love that? Was like, okay, I was also just very impressed because the gynecologists are coming to How did he make that? I know, this is the thing. And also, I was like, Dean, this is on you because you hate this student 
and then you made him decorate for the gynecologist coming to visit your university. This one's a little bit on you. You should have expected these results. Yeah. But he paper mache's a massive set of legs. Um, yes. And after he tries to get his friends to help him, and they don't, so he just did that himself. Yeah. That man could have also been an architect. Those are very structurally <laughs> sound. Yeah, like, impressive. Like, bigger than the building. Also, if I was the gynecologist going to visit university, I would have peed laughing. I would have lost it. I would have just sat on the yes. ground and been like, I love this school. And I forget what exactly he says, but he's really good at saying, like, the one-liner, like, puns. Like, what did, what did the thing at the like the banner say i don't do remember? even remember <laughs> i do remember when he was at like the meat packing things it says like shanks for the memories but like shanks like meat shanks. <laughs> I, I, I remember it also said so happy to meet you and then coach beast from glee was miss meat and i was like dot jones <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Glee haunts uh we're running out of time but um I enjoy this movie. There are parts, like we've discussed, that I don't think they did well and that I don't agree with. And like, but yeah. I think, like, the overalling, arching, like, premise of someone who has a drive and a passion to help people is, like, always will be inspiring to me. Um, and hence why I was like, I want Emma to see it so that she can see it <laughs> and i have no regrets about seeing it i will yeah. never watch it again but i do have That's no why. regrets about seeing it because i do really like robin williams and i have been thinking about him lately because yeah. it was his birthday um, yeah and he's really he's he's good in it it's like not his best performance but it is just a moment of robin williams bringing joy into other people's lives as himself not just as the character and i think that's always something that yeah. is special to watch so what would you rate it for the star chart? I would rate it three out of five enema balls, which he uses as clown noses. I realize we never mentioned the clown noses. He just made clown noses out of yes. enema balls. I would rate it three out of five. Like, it's a solid, it's a solid time. I was like, it's, I agree. I was dancing around, like, would I go lower, but just like, I feel like it's half a point just because you mentioned your 21st birthday, which was truly one of the best days of my entire life. <laughs> And so now this movie is tinged with that memory. <laughs> yeah, it's... I definitely recommend seeing it. It, Yeah, some things are a little bit messy, but I feel like it has good morals, mostly, of, like, wanting to help. And, like, it's something that I wish more people had the drive to help. So I think it's, I think it's something if you had... Again, like, I'm really surprised you hadn't seen it until 2015. Like, I think it's something if you saw as a kid and loved as a kid, you could still rewatch it and still enjoy mm, it. Whereas, like, if you're an adult, like, it's something where you have to be able to turn off your brain for about 30% of the film. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what your decision today, sir, I will still become the best damn doctor the world has ever seen. Now, you have the ability to prevent me from graduating. You can keep me from getting the title and the white coat. But you can't control my spirit, gentlemen. You can't keep me from learning. You can't keep me from studying. So you have a choice. You could have me as a professional colleague, passionate, or you can have me as an outspoken outsider, still adamant. Either way, I'll probably still be viewed as a thorn. But I promise you one thing. I am a thorn that will not go away. Is that all? I hope not, sir. And that's Patch Adams! Yay! Do you want to do an activity? I love activities. 
Okay, so in the um, in the realm of Patch Adams and using humor, um, I have tasked Emma. And I've also going to be type five. <laughs> type five. Um, we are going to tell each other jokes <laughs> because it's a hard time right now, and all of us are suffering in some shape or form with the pandemic or. Um, with other situations, life, other things going on in the world right now, and it's like can be really straining on one's soul, and so humor can help you um, get through that. It's not like a cure or anything, but it can help a bit. If you want to know more? There's a Sawbones episode about laughter, and they talked about it, Ooh. and it's really cool. Um, and so we want. I wanted to share some jokes, so hopefully we can make each other laugh. Which we do, and we have already in this episode. Um, and maybe make you laugh. Um, so, Emma, do you have some jokes? Do you want to go back and forth and each tell a joke? Yes. Um, okay. What How do many you, do you have? I I have three, two of which I think I told you before, but they are eternally my favorite. Um, but okay. we'll start with the okay. new one first. Um, okay. What do you get when you cross a bad joke with a rhetorical question? What? That's the, that's the, jo- that's the <laughs> joke, because rhetorical questions don't have to be answered. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thank you, thank you. Okay, you ready for my first one? Yes. What? Also, my jokes are inspired by my Uncle John's Book of Fun book from 2004 I have on my shelf. So, okay, the first one is, what do you call a rabbit owned by a beetle? Uh, I have no idea. A Bugs Bunny. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, this one I've definitely told you before. Where does the king keep his armies? Oh, I know this one, but tell me. In his sleeveys. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, what bird can lift the most weight? A crane. Ah! I could not even anticipate that. <laughs> Ask me if I'm a grapefruit. Are you a grapefruit? No. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment in your eyes. I, that, I know, one. but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay. Okay, now uh, these are my... Th- the th- I, I left my three good ones for the end. <laughs> oh my god, there's so many more. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> I am a type of person that laughs before she can say a joke. I can't help it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what kind of films do geese like to watch? Chick flicks? Documentaries? <laughs> <laughs> They're not even the same kind of bird! I know! I'm going to text that to my dad funny. later. Okay, the next one. What? Uh, what do you what no (laughs) what do fish say when they hit a concrete wall ow damn (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay the last one okay what do you call a vampire that lives in the kitchen? Count Spatula. 
Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> Those are my jokes. That's pretty good. I also have, um, it's long. I have a Twitter thread I want to read you that did make me, make me cry with laughter. But I will do okay. that after because it's quite long. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I hope one of those made you laugh because it should have made us laugh. Oh my and God, a documentary. <laughs> documentary. Adams. It's been a time. It was a time. It was a time. It was. Okay. Oh my god. I'm supposed to say something now. One of these weeks I'll remember. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter or Tumblr at Hiho Podcast. You can also email us at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com. Those are a couple of ways you can support us that would be cool. Probably the most effective way right now is to uh, Review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Mm. Um, and that would just be really neat. Yeah, and we just um, put out our August playlist. So give that some love on Spotify. And it has a fun variety of music in there that both me and Emma put in. And I already told Emma, but thank you, Emma. You organized it in a very nice way. <laughs> I liked how you thank organized you. it. It was kind of like a throwback to... The the album that you made for me, the Heat of Cooling Down, I was like, is this a throwback? It is. It's how I feel in August. In August, it's just like the beginning of August, it's called Heating Up, Cooling Down, because the beginning of August is like always the, the two hottest weeks of your entire life, and the last two weeks of August, you're like, oh, wait, wait, I want that back, but also I'm so hot, so I do not. <laughs> uh, and that's what this playlist means to me, because I'm a very sweaty person. Yes, it is very warm. So, until next time, remember to like what you like, because your opinion is valid as long as it's the same as mine. Good night, everybody.